Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Live, Love and Eat show. My name is Benedine Otto. I'm a certified transformational nutrition coach. I'm also an EFT practitioner and I am the managing editor of a magazine called the Live, Love and Eat magazine. Our special guest today is Adrian Klein. Now affectionately known as the thyroid whisperer, farm animal fan, instant pot junkie, former cat wrangler and devoted Billy Joe fan, Adrian Kane is a certified holistic nutritionist and thyroid coach. As an autoimmune hypothyroid patient of 21 years herself, she's been through the blood, sweat and tears that is an autoimmune disease. She's currently in a master's certification program with completed certifications in autoimmune diseases, digestive health, and weight loss. She works with thyroid patients to eliminate or decrease symptoms that persists even with medication. And she's also a regular contributor for the Live, Love and Eat magazine. Welcome, Adrian. Thank you so much for having me, Bernadine. Now, Adrian, um, I start a podcast off with all our podcasts. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get started in your career? It's a long story, so I'll try to keep it short. So in, in my bio that you just read, it said that I am also a thyroid patient. And I was diagnosed 22 years ago at the young age of 20. And I never knew how much it would impact my life later on. When I was first diagnosed, the doctor said, take this medication every day for the rest of your life and you'll be just fine. And I believed that. And then when I was 33, uh, I started to get really, really ill. And I never thought that it could be because of my thyroid. I, I just felt awful all the time. And I would go to doctor after doctor. And the only advice they would give me would be to lose weight and work out more. That would, that was going to solve all of my problems. Um, I was having um, anxiety attacks every day, at least one, usually two, uh, insomnia, and my hair was falling out. Um, and I did go see my endocrinologist. And again, he said, like, that's not your thyroid. Everything's in normal range, according to this blood work. You know, eat less, work out more. You'll be just fine. Uh, I was not just fine. And I was really, really sick for about two years when I finally decided to be an advocate for my own health and start researching what might be going on with me. And it started to click that it probably was my thyroid. Despite the fact that my endocrinologist told me differently, uh, there is a lot of information about there about under-medicated thyroid patients, or they're correctly medicated and they have conversion issues. So converting those thyroid hormones into usable hormones. Uh, I, uh, I stumbled upon nutrition and how nutrition was going to help me feel better and actually help my thyroid work better. 
And so after a year of intense work of supporting my thyroid with nutrition and also healing my adrenal glands, I was feeling so much better and passionate about the fact that I had to go through all that. And that's when I decided to go back to school and study nutrition and um, help just thyroid patients so that no thyroid patient has to go through what I went through. That is amazing. That is really, and, and, you know, um, I think most thyroid patients, um, don't know that they have thyroid issues, you know, uh, many people, um, now I know that, you know, thyroid disease can leave us with feeling fatigue, um, anxious, like you said, like you said, uh, weight gain, um, difficult to lose weight, um, joint pain, uh, brain fog. Um, so what other symptoms can people look out, you know, before they get diagnosed with thyroid disease? All of those are uh, the, you just listed are the top main ones that should be sending you to the doctor. A couple of others would be irregular menstrual patterns. That's what sent me to the doctor. I started my period one day when I was 19 and it didn't stop for an entire year. And because of my young age, I honestly didn't, it didn't alarm me because they, everything you read when you're young says like, oh, you're still, you know, becoming regular and it might take a long time before you are regular. And, and, you know, I'd never had, you know, perfectly regular periods before. Um, and so when this happened, it didn't send me to the doctor until I was going in for my yearly exam. And I just happened to mention like, is this weird? Or, you know, should I be worried? And she said, you absolutely should be worried. Um, and so that's when it was discovered that I had thyroid disease. So menstrual patterns are important to pay attention to. Um, also dry skin, uh, dry bumpy skin can be, uh, and, you know, even intestinal issues can be due to, you know, lowered thyroid disease, because what happens is, if you're hypothyroid, everything in your entire body slows down and it tries to reserve any usable thyroid hormone that your body may potentially be producing for the vital organs to keep us alive. And so everything else falls to the wayside. So that's like when your hair starts to fall out or it feels like, um, like a crunchy Brillo pad. That's, my, that's what my hair would feel, out, feel like before it fell out. And, um, so those are, those are anything that's off. I honestly tell people you have got to go and get your thyroid levels checked. And it's really important that your doctor checks the, uh, five important thyroid tests. Uh, a lot of doctors will only check TSH, which is the thyroid stimulating hormone, which is actually just checking the pituitary gland. It's not really checking the thyroid and they'll also check T4. Um, but what your body uses most of is T3. So there has to be a conversion in your body from T4 into T3. And when um, that's not happening, your body cells are still, are still starving for thyroid hormone. Um, you know, uh, a depression can be a signal for symptoms of thyroid disease. And also your neck, if you can feel you know, lumps or bumps on the front of your neck, which is where your thyroid gland is located, uh, and also difficulty swallowing. 
So those are some good ones too, to pay attention to. Oh, that's very interesting. My next question was, you know, what, what tastes should um, people go and do? Because I think that we, we don't know, you know, people out there don't know um, what tests they should do for their thyroid. Um, not like I'm saying doctors doesn't know, but, you know, um, you know, just for people. Now, where can people um, uh, read about or, or know about what tests they can take to the doctor? You know, like, like say, this is the test that I have to um, need to be done for my thyroid. Uh, where can people get that? Um, do you have it on your website or? Um, I do have it in my blog and my website. I also keep a running post going in my um, thyroid support group that I run on Facebook and also an article that I wrote for the magazine as well. Um, I list them out in there. And, um, and it's not that the doctors don't know. It's just that the standard of practice is right? So that's what they follow. The standard of practice is TSH and, and most likely maybe T4. But that doesn't give the whole picture because if you're having a conversion problem, that's not going to pop up. And also if you have an autoimmune form of hypothyroidism, that's not going to pop up either. So um, the test that I, that you should be getting when you go to the doctor to run and don't go in and say like, Hey doctor, run all the tests. Yeah. And the doctor says like, sure thing. Yeah. <laughs> Because to them, that means oh, I'm going to run the T4 and the yeah. TSH. So you, you need to write a list down and give it to your doctor. Um, what you need to be tested for is TSH, uh, T4, also T3. T3 is the one that our cells use the most of. Um, reverse T3, that's very important. And then also the antibodies to test for the autoimmune form. So there's two different autoimmune forms. There's Graves which is the hyperthyroid. And then there's Hashimoto's, which is what I have, which is the hypothyroid form. And the, and the doctor will say like, sure, I'll test you for the antibodies, but I won't treat you differently. And, and that's fine. They can say that, but you can treat you differently yeah. if you know that you're positive for an autoimmune disease. Yeah. Now, okay, I'm going back to nutrition as well. And we all know nutrition is the most important thing. Um, if you get uh, your patients, your thyroid patients, what nutrition um, is suitable for a thyroid patient? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, absolutely, because... It's so important to really focus on the individual and not just the disease. And that's why I am a huge uh, advocate for using the hair tissue mineral analysis test, which is really fascinating. Uh, it's just, it's a sample of your hair that gets sent off to the lab and the lab then sends me a report. And this report tells me a plethora of information. It tells me where your metabolism is at, uh, it also tells me where all of your uh, nutritional elements are at, calcium, magnesium, zinc, iron, uh, selenium, and also tells me if you have any toxic elements going on like aluminum or cadmium, arsenic, those all need to be addressed too. And then it goes on to say like, hey, these, this is a list of foods that might be you know, causing you some issues, not necessarily allergic but just causing you issues. And so from that report, I can, I build a very personalized nutrition plan. Uh, it doesn't look 
the same for, you know, the next person or the next person. It is your very own nutrition plan um, based on your own hair analysis. And it's really fascinating. It is very fascinating. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. Um, and that's why I was so excited to know so that we can talk about it. So where can people get uh, these, um, uh, the hair analyzers test? Where can they get it done? Um, through a um, practitioner that is set up with a lab to do it. So I, I am a practitioner who is set up with a lab that I trust to do it. Um, there's different labs throughout the U.S. And I would highly recommend as a practitioner and also as a patient that you figure out which lab is going to be doing your analysis and um, pick the one that has, you know, the, the highest integrity and the highest quality control. Um, I uh, recommend that... Um, people kind of understand a little bit more about like how elements, these nutritional elements work in their body. Cause you say like, Oh, I need calcium just cause you know, the media tells me I need calcium. But the problem is, is if you're consuming too much calcium, either dietary or supplement wise, uh, that's going to throw off your magnesium because all of these elements, you know, they are cofactors to each other. They're, they're best friends. Um, and so if one gets more than the other, the other one kind of gets stomped down into the ground and, and just, kind of reversing all of those, you know, ab abnormalities can make you feel better, <laughs> you know, and, and all that's just done. It's done primarily through nutrition. And also if, um, you know, supplements are needed, the hair analysis will also reveal whether or not you are in adrenal fatigue or have been in adrenal fatigue and whether or not it's severe, um, or if it's acute or if it's chronic. So that's a lot of good information because with adrenal fatigue, it can be very common in thyroid patients who've been thyroid patients for a long time because the thyroid can drain the adrenal glands because again, the adrenals and the thyroid, they're best friends. And so if one is putting out more than, than what the other one is, then you know they start to fail. Anyway, the point is with the adrenal fatigue is it's not only just nutrition and supplements, but also lifestyle, right? So the lifestyle has to change a lot. And what I see in these women that are like in their 30s and their 40s and their thyroid patients, and they're battling the weight gain or the inability to lose weight because their medication isn't optimal, mm -hmm. they're over-exercising, and they're not eating well. Yeah. They're eating drastically, you know, small amounts of, of calories and over-exercising. And that does nothing except for, you know, drain the adrenals. So, yeah, so I, you can look around to different practitioners that offer the testing. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, like you said, um, you know, um, People think if they exercise more, you yeah. know, they will lose weight or their right. lifestyle will come together. But like, you know, like we know, it's it's not always the situation, you know, because we have to balance everything. We have to balance our nutrition, our exercise, our sleep, our stress levels, you know, all those things we have to, um, you know, um, balance and yeah that is that is one of the most important things I've I like to say like we're not a walking talking mathematical equation yeah. of calories in versus calories out we're walking talking ecosystems and yeah it all needs to be balanced yeah I love that 
Um, okay, so now there's, there's, you also have a podcast and I want to talk a little bit about that as well. Yes. Um, and it's called the Grass-Fed Gingers Podcast. So tell us a little bit on how did you get started with this podcast and what is this podcast all about and can you tell us more about it? So this is the fun part of, of, you know, this is where I get to play, right? So I met, um, so you and I, we went to the same nutrition school, mm-hmm. right? And I found out like, just as I was graduating that, um, that another student there uh, lived in my hometown, right at the time. And it was so exciting to me. So uh, we got in touch and we decided to go have lunch. And as soon as I saw her, she was also a fellow redhead. And I looked at her and I said, we should do a podcast. And she said, oh, no, I'm never doing something like that. That's way too scary. And I said, I know, but we could be like the grass-fed gingers. How cool would that be? Um, And again, that didn't sell her. About a year later, after a year of wooing her, she finally said yes. And so we put our podcast together. Uh, we call it Soul Driven Nutrition because we're really trying to come at it from, you know, kind of a holistic, soulful um, approach. It's not just this, that, and this and that, right? We're trying to say like, hey, this is like things that you can change in your life and, you know, it make it a little bit better. And if we can just, you know, have one person who hears one nugget and, you know, changes that one nugget in their life, then I'd say we're successful. But my, my podcast uh, co-host is Renee Dubois, and we did have the pleasure of having you on a couple of episodes ago. Um, and again, it's just, it's a fun part of my life. <laughs> now, I love your podcast, and I will really um, recommend that to all our listeners to also go listen to your podcast. Thank and you. I will definitely put the link down below and um, so that I can all head over and listen to your podcast as well. Thank you. Okay, so now our last question is, um, what free tips will you give to somebody or someone who is struggling to live healthy? Oh, okay. So this, um, this I like because I might have some unorthodox tips, right? Yeah. I'm not going to say drink more water or... <laughs> um, so the first thing I'm going to say is have yourself a very, very relaxing morning routine. So most people that I know, they set their alarm. Now they either set 10 alarms, right? Because they'll sleep through the first nine and eventually get up in the 10. I say, set your alarm and get up at your first alarm and give yourself an hour before you have to even do anything. Now what you choose to do in that hour you can kind of craft yourself, but it should be kind of quiet. It should be almost meditative. It should be nothing stressful. It's that kind of you're pouring yourself a hot cup of tea or lemon water or coffee. um, And you're just taking that hour to let your body, you know, get ready for the day. It's great if you can go outside, um, (laughs) even in your pajamas, (laughs) if you can, and let some of that daylight hit your eyes and that's going to help your circadian rhythm. So having that morning routine of an hour before you have to jump in the shower and then run out the door and start working will change your entire day. You're not stressed. You're not running out the door. You're not skipping breakfast. You know, it's, you're taking care of yourself 
for a whole hour before you have to give yourself to the world. So that'd be my first tip. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, let's see. My second tip would be about movement. And I don't mean exercise and I don't mean working out. Um, I think that the more technology that's in our life, the more sitting we do. And they have said that sitting is the new smoking. And I absolutely agree with that. And I read a report a while ago that said even people who work out every single day, but then sit for eight hours a day, that working out does not cancel out the eight hours of sitting. So that's something to keep in mind. You can't just say like, oh, I work out though for 30 minutes in the morning. I can, you know, do what I want to do. What I recommend is, and I even do this for myself, is set an alarm on your phone for every 30 to 45 minutes. And when that alarm goes off, you get up and you walk around, you do something. Now I work from home, so there's a lot to do. There's laundry to fold. There's, you know, flights of stairs to go up to, to, you know, fold that laundry. There's, you know, the dog to take for a walk. There's, there's a lot of things that I can do for just five minutes. That's just movement. And then I can go back to my technology, you know, just sitting and working on the computer. And again, I want to get up again within the next hour and, and do movement. I'm not working out. I'm just moving because biologically as humans, we're meant to move most of the day. So when we just sit, it's not good for anything. Um, so if you work in an office or something like that, just try and figure out, you know, what you can do, where you can go, even if it's like walking out to your car and then walking back in or, you know, walking to the bathroom on the third floor, but taking the stairs Try to figure out, just get up out of your chair for five minutes. That would be my third, no, second tip. I like that as well. <laughs> That's a very good tip. Um, my final one is the one that might be unorthodox. So I feel like we need to bring cooking back into our kitchens. And um, so my third tip would be take a cooking class. You'd be surprised at how many people don't know how to cook. They don't have basic cooking skills. And um, I used to find that really weird because I've been into the culinary arts since uh, fourth grade. Like I was in, in the fourth grade, like 4-H cooking <laughs> where you have to compete <laughs> and you get yeah. ribbons. But ever, I mean, I, it's just cooking has been such a part of my life that when people are like, oh, no, we just eat out every night or eat in like they order in. Um, that, that is just a recipe for, you know, metabolic disaster. You have no control over actually what is going into that food. Um, so when you're learning to cook, you have all the control in the world of what actually goes into your food and how you're feeding your family. And once you start doing it and learning different dishes and recipes, I think you'd be surprised at how, how good you can be at cooking. And the other element of surprise is that I find it extremely relaxing. I don't know. Do you do a lot of cooking, Bernadine? I do. I do cooking every night. Yeah. I love and yeah. yeah, right. And I find it like it's the Zen part of my day, yeah. you know, turn on some music, um, maybe have the first glass of wine because he who <laughs> cooks gets to have the first glass of wine. Also, he who cooks doesn't do the dishes <laughs> yeah. in our house anyway. Um, so learning to cook is going to be one of those life skills that's going to take you to the end of your life. It's like swimming or riding a bike or driving a car. It's I feel like it's a must and it's crazy the amount of people who don't know how to cook. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, also, if people, you know, they can also start by, um, they have this um, this meals uh, blue apron. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, and HelloFresh. And that's also very nice. You know, um, we, we do HelloFresh two times a week just to get more, um, you know, ideas, you know, yeah. and you know, their food are really um, healthy and they show you step by step how to, you know, what to do next, what to do next. And that's also very, that's also an option, you know. That's a great tip that I didn't even think about. Yes. So rather than taking a class, you can, your class is in this box that gets sent to you. Um, Yeah. Excellent tip. Yeah, that's a really good tip as well. Um, It was so great to have you today. And um, I, you know, we can talk and two hours about we know, could <laughs> but we have to stop it now right here now um you know um but um it was so great to have you here and i want to thank you for for all the wonderful work you are doing out there in the world and um thank you for being here Oh, thank you, Bernine. I appreciate you. I love what you're doing. I've loved it since the minute I saw you at ITN Live when you talked about the birth of your magazine. And I just thought you were a rock star. I still think you're a rock star. So thank thank you. you so much. Thank you so much.